the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, but we do from a law enforcement perspective, and we're broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. I'm going to introduce the crew. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, yes, we're starting off with Lieutenant Randy Sutton, all the way from Las Vegas, formerly with Las Vegas Metro Police Department in Las Vegas, Nevada. You guessed it. And also Corporal David D. Gruster from the Tampa Bay area in Florida, retired uh, from a PD and from an SO. So, uh, yeah, two careers. Just look at that guy. What a specimen. And uh, thanks, guys, for being on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, also, a shout-out to our sponsors, Motion DSP. We have Gauls, GlobalOrdinance.com, Gunler.com, MyMedicare.Live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. Now, Bang has been acquired by Monster. I'm going to be uh, hopefully talking to them later on today, getting some more updates on how that's going, but I'm expecting good things. I'm drinking the Raging Raspberry Hibiscus. It's a sweet iced tea from Bang, so they have great products. So thanks to Bang for the, uh, for the fuel. Also, a shout-out to Brian Burns with TampaFP.com. That's the free press for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich, huge shout-out to Ray Dietrich with Red Voice Media, redvoicemedia.com. We're streaming to eight locations right now. And look, that's in addition to the seven live stations on with Boss Hog Radio Station, that's seven out of the 36 stations that we're nationally syndicated on. And out of the eight streams that we're going to live right now, three of those belong to Red Voice Media. And those three Facebook pages alone have one million followers. So, yeah, we're not missing YouTube too much. Uh, we are on rumble.com instead. So thanks for making that happen, Ray Dietrich. Uh, guys, another good lineup. We don't really have, uh, there's really nothing, I guess, a good topic for a main topic, which has a tendency to be a little bit deeper. So we're going to start off with what I call an update article. And uh, these things uh, have a tendency to, to run pretty good. So our first one, I wish we had more information on this public urination story. Uh, lawofficer.com. Mississippi officer worked out, or, or I guess Mississippi officer is out of work after um, taking a 10-year-old boy into custody for public urination. That was the charge. So it happened in Mississippi. So the police officer in Mississippi who took this 10-year-old boy in, the, it says took him in the custody, and the, the boy relieved himself in a parking lot. He's no longer employed. The cop is not. And other officers will be disciplined over the incident. And this is according to the city's police chief. So uh, Chief Richard Chandler with the, with the uh, uh, Senatobia Police Department, he announced on Monday that after an internal investigation that one of the officers involved is no longer employed and the other officers will face disciplinary action. So, however, uh, the chief did not specify whether the officer who's in the middle of this controversy was terminated or whether he actually resigned. Uh, the chief also did not indicate what type of discipline uh, would occur for the other officers you know, that were involved in this. This is according to the Houston Chronicle. So Chief Chandler wrote in the Facebook post that the officers did not follow their training and protocols on how they deal with children. Now, the child's mother, who had a warrant for her arrest and was taken into custody by the Tate County Sheriff's Office, she told the members of the press that her son uh, went to the bathroom behind her vehicle while she was visiting a lawyer's office on August the 10th. She also said the officers placed the boy in a patrol unit and transported him to the police station. Uh, despite the custodial situation, the chief said the child, he was not handcuffed and he was not charged, which leaves me with a lot of questions on why things happened the way they did. Uh, the officers issued a citation for a child in need of services. So the city um, in Mississippi is located about 40 miles south of Memphis, Tennessee. So that's what goes down. A lot of questions, um, just given the information that we have. David? Too many questions. If Mom was taken into custody because of a warrant. What and was it was the child taken into custody because of the urination or because he was alone now with his mother in custody going to jail for a warrant? 
because the issuance of the child in need of services, it's not a citation, it's a referral, would lead me to believe that that, that was the reason he was taken into custody. Now, maybe the conversation, well, yeah, well, he, was, he was back here behind the car taking a pee when we found him, and maybe that's what led them to think he was take. that's why he was taken into custody. But if mom was physically arrested and taken to jail by the sheriff's office, the child was with her, what would you have them do with the child? Leave him at a bus stop? Um, mail him? I, I don't think I don't think UPS or FedEx does anything like that where they can mail the child anywhere. So somebody's going to have to take the child into custody to then be able to turn the child over to a relative or ch ch children and family services or whatever it is, which is where the referral for that would come from. So I, I, the, the article's a little bit confusing on all that. So I, I'm kind of wondering what all, how all that came about myself. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, public urination is against the law, right? I mean, it's, it's I mean, in, mo in most places, it's not a, I mean, it's, it's up to each individual, you know, I guess the, the state or the locale to outlaw it. But the, the kid wasn't handcuffed and he wasn't charged. So, yeah, I have a, I, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and Randy, I, I know you're from Las Vegas. I know there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on over there. So I was hoping that maybe you could shed some light on this due to your, vast experience that you have so. <laughs> well uh, would, that be I'm, I'm, would that be vast experience in public urination i'm, I'm no, no, really well, I, that may come into play too yeah oh. well the, I, i'm i'm at a loss for this thing i i don't understand i don't understand the whole the whole deal it, does, it doesn't make any sense to me the way it's reported so i'm just i i don't i don't have any comment because i don't i don't think we know enough yeah now, now, look, if this would have happened at the border, though, people would have been screaming that the child needs to stay with his parents if they got arrested for being, you know, illegally entering the country. Am I correct? I mean, they expect everybody to hang. It's a family unit. We're cohesive. We're just going to, like, we're going to stay together throughout the whole process, you know. Um, yeah, things are different. Thank All you right. Really, um, uh, breaking news. There is an active shooter taking place right now in Pittsburgh. And um, apparently hundreds of rounds have been expended. And um, according to this is this is literally happening right now that uh, they were serving an eviction notice and uh, um, they, they came under fire and the suspect has actually shot down drones that were put in the air to monitor it. So this is an interesting, interesting uh, breaking news story. Wow. Thanks for, uh, thanks for, uh, at least somebody's paying attention to the news cycle during a live show. So, uh, thanks for doing, thanks for uh, saying that, Randy, for shutting the, uh, did you have something, Jimmy? Yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, did we have any idea how many people have been shot or, or anything else at all? It didn't, didn't say anyone has been shot at this point. They just said that hundreds of rounds have been expended. And, uh, literally this is, uh, happening as we speak. All right. Well, thank you so very much for letting people know. You know, I don't know about you guys. I'm thinking we need to get Randy on a plane right now and get him out there to Pittsburgh. So, all right. Well, look, thanks. Thanks for the, uh, the intel. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I have a feeling that we're going to be covering this tomorrow when we get some more information, you know, on, on the story. So, hey, uh, so moving along, let's get to our, our first story that's got a video component on it. And this first one 
Uh, it's at rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter. And look for our audio listeners, you know, podcast, radio. We'll describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And hey, if you want to see anything that's got a video component uh, from a, a visual standpoint, you know, we'll take the show and we'll produce it professionally. We'll embed the video. Uh, any videos that we talk about and pictures of the good guys, the bad guys. And we'll put this at rumble.com at nine o'clock the next morning. So yeah, our show is live on the boss hog radio network Monday through Friday at 12 Eastern time for one hour. Uh, but then we take that live show and we put it on rumble and other social media outlets at nine o'clock the next morning. That's Tuesday through Saturday. So, so Jacksonville police fatally shoot a stabbing suspect who killed a man and a dog. Let me see your hands, man. Let me see your hands. Put your hands up. Put your fucking hands up. Put your hands up. Fuck you. Stop my dick. Get back. Get back right now. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Yeah, this it's uh, uh I you know I'm a dog lover and I'm a canine lover too, but uh yeah, this uh, this bothers me. The suspect, his name is Johnson, couldn't get his first name, last name is Johnson, and a fatal stabbing was shot by Jacksonville Sheriff's Officer as police tried to apprehend him. This happened on Sunday. And this is according to the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office and according to Sheriff T.K. Waters. So police responded to the scene of a stabbing. Now, this is at uh, 440 in the afternoon. So Jolene Bolas says that she's eating dinner. She's on her porch with her best friend. His name is James Hoffman. When a young man comes walking up the driveway. So he asked her if she knew this girl named Pam. She said that she did not. And then he called her a liar. And then he, she said he went, bam. Next thing you know, she knew uh, she's lying on the ground. So she said that she was hit in the head so hard that it briefly knocked her out. And when she comes to her friend uh, that was with her, James Hoffman, he had jumped up to help. And that's when this bad guy, uh, Johnson, started stabbing her friend named James. And she said that her little dog was barking. And uh, he picked up the dog and he, and he killed the dog, too. Uh, Bola says that she uh, ran while calling for help. The police found this guy who um, had apparently been stabbed to death. He's uh, in the yard of the home. And then they end up finding the suspect and they give him loud commands to show his hands multiple times. So he's kind of like laying down. There's like junk, junk and clutter all over the yard at the time. The suspect, he does not comply. Um, he stands up in an aggressive manner. So the officer ends up tasing him, but it's not effective. And then the suspect grabs a large metal bucket and he starts running towards the officer and he's throwing it around too. Officer fires his weapon multiple times. Suspect later dies at the hospital. And the officer suffered minor injury to his arm after the suspect hit him with the bucket. So, um, that's the way this goes down. He also had a knife laying right next to him that he that wasn't really involved other than the stabbing of the dog. He didn't grab the knife, you know, and charge the officer with it. It was a bucket. But Corporal David. Yeah, who cares? Um, the, you know, the this guy was um, seriously diseased. I'm not sure what his deal was, but uh, the cop comes up on him in the yard, finds him, gives him, you know, pretty direct orders, pretty, pretty clear. Put your hands up. Don't move. You know, put your hands up. The guy. Says uses some expletives and jumps up aggressively. Uh, the cop transitions from his firearm to the taser because he he apparently at that moment did not see a, a weapon in this guy's hand. Right. 
tries to tase him. The taser is not effective. The guy gets crazy, picks up a metal bucket from a table, swings it and throws it at the cop and then charges him. At this point, things get dynamic pretty quick. People are moving. The cop is, is backpedaling and the like. Um, the, he immediately throws his taser down, which is perfect. And we'll get to the rest of the good stuff when we get back from break. All right. Hey, thanks, David. Yes, commercial break coming up. Stick with us, guys. This is about to get really, really good. We'll be right back. You know, Motion DSP, they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years with a robust speed of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software is easy to use. It requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction, designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly uh, process and analyze any video file format using Pathet super resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low quality video in minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products and all these capabilities by simply going to motiondsp.com. That's motiondsp.com. All right, guys, and welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios. And can I say, because we don't want George to know where we're at. Can I say where we're at in Plant City, Florida? Yeah, go ahead. I have an axe. So I think we're okay. okay. All right. <laughs> as yeah. long as he doesn't show up in a Speedo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I think it was a spandex. We, yeah, one of our streamers, George, is typing what he's wearing. And when he got to the spandex, I was kind of like, you know, yeah, Jimmy said, hey, don't give him the address for the, where the station's at. So we just want to be extra careful today. So, uh, but yeah, somewhere in Plant City, Florida. So, thanks. So, on that note. Uh, Corporal David, I know you're getting into it in the last story. Wow. So hey, sorry for the really? distraction. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Get, the, wow. get the spandex out of your head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the, the cop did a great job of, of dumping the taser out of his hands once it was ineffective as the guy began to attack him. And at this point, a reasonable officer would assume that he has a, he's standing a very good chance of being stabbed himself, having come into the yard, seen a man, a victim laying in the, in, on the ground that had been stabbed to death, um, and then having this guy charge him that had stabbed this person, according to the report. So his response at that point is to grip it and rip it and uh, put, put his uh, rounds on target as this guy advanced on him quite a, quickly and aggressively as the cop was having to backpedal. He did it all in a very short amount of time, did it very effectively and put the guy on the dirt. At that point, of course, the uh, the diseased individual started um, calling out to God, which is often the case. And it's one of those things where the unfortunate reality was that the the rest of, of, of his existence was going to be between him and God. It was just up to the cop to arrange the meeting. Um, so he did a good job of doing that. And if you can tell me what movie that came from, that's extra points. <laughs> it's not a contest. It's just extra points. Hey, yeah. Disclaimer, because remember what happened the last time you yeah. did that, David? We had people calling the radio in. station. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Next time you do that, just give them Randy's phone number. And that, that'll solve. We won't, the radio station won't get any more calls. You're not on the hook for, it's just like, you know, win a date with Randy. That, I got it. Yeah. Take one for the team, Randy. Win a date with Randy Sutton. Oh, and that, that's, that's I, the prize. I, I'm sorry, Randy. I have nothing to do with that. Hey, is, is, if Randy, if you like, if you like spandex, you know the pool of, of contestants has suddenly gotten larger. 
Okay, that's that's wrong. All right, <laughs> oh, that's just that's just wrong. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, hey, we can work. We can work. Hey, Ray, don't you have an announcement that you maybe you you may want to make on our on our show before we get to the next story? I do, I do. So, if you are a law enforcement officer or have been, uh, the Wounded Blue is hosting the third annual National Law Enforcement Survival Summit in Las Vegas, September 26th through the 29th at the fabulous Ahern Hotel. Every aspect of surviving a law enforcement career. Some of the best speakers in the country, including Dave Grossman, Betsy Smith, Dave Smith. And I'm going to announce that a, a very well-known Hollywood actor named Glenn Morshower is going to be joining us. And he's one of the best uh, speakers I've ever, best motivational speakers I've ever heard. You've seen him in in uh, Black Hawk Down. You've seen him in uh, Seven Seasons of Twenty Four with Kiefer Sutherland in Transformers. He's the star of Call of Duty. He's the general, and he is incredible and an incredible supporter of law enforcement. So um, go to thewoundedblue.org. It's only two hundred ninety-five dollars. That includes breakfast and lunch. It is the most amazing training you will ever get. Go to thewoundedblue.org and sign up today for the third annual National Law Enforcement Survival Summit. Now, now, Randy, I, I last I heard, you know, you did, you don't have an unlimited seating, right? So you've got a limited number of of, of opportunities. So if they're going to sign up to do this thing, they should, you know, guys, don't wait, don't wait until you know there's no more room for you. So, so, so this is your third, your third annual uh, summit, correct? That's correct. This is the third one, and it is it is very very impactful. I can tell you that last year, um, a police officer came and afterwards came up to me and said that that she was going to kill herself until she attended this seminar, this this conference. And now she's doing really well. We stay in contact. We got her some help, and uh, she's doing really well. That's how important and that's how impactful this uh, summit is. All right, thewoundedblue.org, guys. You guys need to go there and start making plans to attend that summit. Thanks, Randy. Um, now, guys, moving along to our next story that's also got a video component. Uh, you know, So we got one waiting in the wings for us. So we're on Police One on this one, and it's titled, Hey, Wild Video Shows a George, jo- Georgia Troopers Pursuer Driver Doing Donuts in a Busy <laughs> Intersection. Now, the way this thing goes down, it's just kind of crazy. you know. So we're in Atlanta. A person, I, I kind of love the ending, but a person operating a pickup truck recorded on video uh, while being apprehended after performing donuts at a busy intersection in Northwest Atlanta, according to the WSB. So it did not take long for the Georgia State Highway Patrol to show up at the scene. So a trooper turns on his emergency lights and siren. He causes the Ford F-150 pickup truck to escape through the crowd, strikes multiple pedestrians that he mows over. One of the pedestrians sustains an injury as a result. So only one got injured. I don't know how that happened. The trooper performs a pit maneuver, forcing the F-150 to hit the curb, makes the vehicle inoperable. And as depicted in the video footage, the state trooper uh, maneuvered alongside the truck, eventually succeeded in bringing it to a halt. And at that moment, the trooper exits his vehicle. He gets on the on the on the on the hood and the roof, extracts the driver from the truck onto the hood of his vehicle, goes 1015, and it's just a it's just another day at work. It, it was kind of it was kind of wild. But this guy doing donuts and just the camera footage of this guy in traffic stop, this guy, it's just it's just out of control. Um, commentary on this, I, I mean, I'm, you got to love those Georgia State Troopers. I mean, I I don't even want to 
the story about me getting a ticket because of David D. Gruster from a Georgia State trooper, you know, that's just another story. I don't want to go there. But uh, but commentary on this one, uh, Randy, start us off. You know, um, th- this shows you the, how crazy police work is. And it can it can go from, from mundane to uh, an incredible adrenaline rush in, in literally seconds. But this trooper did a hell of a job. Well, thanks. And hey, uh, yeah, so Randy, sweat your appetite. Uh, hopefully, on the store, we got more coming on this. And hey, we're getting ready to talk about golf, so stick with us. We'll be right back. So, we're going to talk about golf at golf.com slash Leo. Hopefully, Corporal David can help me out with this one. And guys, certainly by now, you all know about the new golf at golf.com slash Leo, the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So, galls.com slash Leo, you need to check them out. Corporal David, do you know what's going on at Galls this week? Yeah, don't forget, they even though law enforcement is their primary objective or their primary uh, focus, they also have stuff for the firefighters. Our cousins, got to love them, our cousins, the firefighters, are in it, in it as well. And I keep saying it, go to the menu Go to deals, look for the deal destination. It is just absolutely chock full of stuff. That's where I go every time. It's got everything you need right there, and a lot of it is on sale. Galls.com slash Leo. Check them out, guys. Now, Global Ordnance. Get ready for a coupon code from Global Ordnance, your ultimate destination for ammo. So GlobalOrdnance.com provides high-quality ammunition for all of your shooting needs, ensuring precision, reliability, and unmatched performance. So for a limited time, they're offering free shipping on all ammo orders over $200 with their exclusive coupon code, which just happens to be Leo Roundtable. So visit globalordnance.com today. Explore the wide selection of ammunition. Use coupon code Leo Roundtable for free shipping on your order. Globalordnance.com. Check it out. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So on our last story, guy doing donuts, F-150, Georgia State Trooper ejecting the guy with one arm. David. Yeah, um, the you know the, the street takeovers, the intersection takeovers of, of these, um, whatever you want to call them, these idiots, uh, jurisdictions really need to start to address in an aggressive manner. And for so long, they haven't. They've been afraid to for a number of different reasons. Uh, but in this case, this cop showed up on scene. He saw his opportunity. Uh, with And this wasn't, a, a, this wasn't a chase. I mean, this pickup truck got out of the intersection by maybe a few car lengths before this cop was on him, pitted him, drove him up against the sidewalk. Uh, I think it was either a tree or a post there that he pinned him against. Immediately got out of his vehicle, like Randy said, jumped onto the hood of his car jerked him out of the driver's side window and took him into custody on the hood of the car. The video was from a, from a civilian or, or a, a, a person that was in a, looked like an elevated apartment or, or an elevated position or somewhere off to the side. So you had this perfect view of what was going on on the street below. And it was, it was just a great job by this, by this cop. Um, I just hope the, the unfortunate uh, jurisdiction that is, that is Atlanta doesn't, chastise him for taking you know proper police action and being oh it's so aggressive 
or some other stupidity that comes out of that place on a regular basis. But other than that, he, he did a fine job. I mean, he, he, uh, he took action when he saw the opportunity and did not hesitate to do so. Um, so good for him. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty impressive, uh, you know, watching that. So yeah, it's uh, one for the good guys, one for the good guys on that. So, uh, so yeah. And I'm with you, David. I, I hope that, uh, that the locale doesn't penalize the, uh, the trooper for, for not just doing his job, but just like vindicating all of the active Leos in the country that are left that are, you know, that are just saying, yeah, brother, you know, you represented us well. So, um, so that said, um, yeah, I don't want to talk about the ticket that I got in Georgia. So don't worry, David, just cause you know, that little incident that you were involved with and the guy's family yeah. lived in Tampa and he, and he told me about it. I just <laughs> opened the ticket to me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. All right. So, Moving along, let's see what we got here. Um, we got another update article. So on Police One, uh, we've got Minnesota is going to clarify new rules for SROs, that school resource officers, after receiving concerns from the officers. So, you know, Minnesota, they got some screwed up things going over in uh, New Brighton, uh, Minnesota. So a new Minnesota law, it's uh, statewide, prohibits school resource officers from using prone restraint and comprehensive restraint on the head, neck, and across most of the torso when trying to control unruly students. And this is according to the Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association. So there's some um, controversy on this, and there's some question question as far as the accuracy of the statements. But the Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association and other law enforcement officials expressed concern in a letter over this new law, which was adopted last week according to KSTP. So as a result, the governor, his name is Tim Waltz, he said the state will offer clarification on the law. The governor stated that the state legal experts have affirmed to him that the, re that the revisions do not constitute complete prohibitions on doing these things, but they permit SROs, school resource officers, to utilize specific restraints if the situation severity justifies their application. And that's like always been the case, has it not? Now, according to the um, Rosemount Police Chief, who's Mike Dahlstrom, he believes that the revisions prohibit techniques that actually, quote, actually make situations safer, unquote, in various scenarios. This has caused some uncertainty about how officers should handle specific situations. So that's what we have. Um, Randy, another another uh, another, uh, you know, handcuffing technique for law enforcement trying to do their job. Yeah, this is an absolute minefield for the actual cops that are that are that are assigned to these schools. And. And there was, there was also reference in that article that some of the SROs don't even want to go to work because they're mm -hmm. afraid of what's going to happen. And this this is this is a huge setup to bring litigation against police officers for simply doing their job. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they, they make they make it sound like these are little children in the high school. Uh, how many police officers have been shot dead or or physically assaulted and, and left with devastating injuries? by juveniles, it happens all the time. And now this, because of the, the liberal insanity of the state of, of Minnesota, once again, they are utilized, they're, they're basically throwing the cops to the wolves. They're saying, we don't really care about your safety. We only care about, you know, um, uh, don't don't put your arms around the torso of, a, of, of one of our little, uh, one of our little students, because we, we don't think that that's right. And this is really, really disturbing. They need to take firm action. The chiefs of police need to take firm action, and uh, and, and because otherwise, uh, more cops are going to get hurt in the schools. Yeah, good point, David. Yeah, Randy's Randy's right, but the the unfortunate reality is that um, there is no action that law enforcement can take other than to walk away. 
And I'm telling you this again, I might not always be right, but I'm never wrong. So you listen to me now because everything I've said in the past has come true. Check the record. SROs in, in Minnesota, get out of the school. Get out, get reassigned, take a different assignment, do something else, get out. If the jurisdiction that you work for, whatever police department, sheriff's office, whatever it is that supplies SROs to the school does not remove their people from the schools themselves, then it is incumbent upon you, the individual officer or sheriff's deputy, whatever you are in Minnesota, get out of the school. They are hunting you and they will get you because I guarantee you the next fight that you get into with a 200 pound football player senior that you're in a fight with because he he or she or whomsoever is beating on somebody else and you have to intervene and you grab them around the head or grab them around the neck or grab them or sit on them or kneel on them or whatever you do, I absolutely guarantee you that it will be against the law. This new law, it will be. They will find a way to make it that way and you will be persecuted. Persecution via prosecution or vice versa, whichever way you want to say it. Get out of the schools. I'm sorry. That's your only hope. Get away before they before they have you in their sights, which they they already have with this with this law. Do it. Do it now. All right. Good point. Listen, listen to David. Listen to Randy, guys. They know what they're talking about. So that said, let's see what we uh, got coming down the pike here, guys. So our very next story, we have another video component. We're back at Rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel. This is Butter. So the DA files charges against the Merce County Sergeant with assault when he kicks a suspect in the head multiple times. Hey, so that's not even, that's not even crazy. So for you to get out of my girl like that, Okay, we got him. We got him. Okay. Place your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back now. Are you going to get another taste? Listen. Yeah. Now, look, never let it be said that we don't cover the bad along with the good for law enforcement. So we tell it like it is, and we're covering today's news and issues from law enforcement perspective, and even if it, it, it shines a bad light on law enforcement. But I assure you that all the good cops, you know, this bothers them worse than it's going to bother you because it makes our profession and it makes us look bad. So charges relating to excessive use of force have been filed against a former Merce County Sheriff's Office sergeant. According to the district attorney's office, following the incident that happened on March the 11th. So according to the uh, district attorney's office, and look, there's a video component. We're describing great detail what's going on so you guys don't feel like you're missing out. And then at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, producer Will will put it you know, in the production version of the show at rumble.com. But um, charges, including assault by public officer, were filed against 42-year-old Sergeant Justin Witt, a former sergeant, former. He used to work there, uh, Merce County Sheriff's Office. So the Sergeant Witt resigned June of 2023 after the Sheriff's Office launched an IA investigation into excessive use of force. So on March the 11th, uh, Lewis Jackson is detained by a Sheriff's Office deputy following a suspected DUI-related accident. Sergeant Witt responds to the scene. He's assisting, and during the encounter, Witt kicks Jackson. So that's the Sergeant kicks Jackson, you know, the uh, the guy involved involved in the DUI, I'm going to call him a bad guy because DUI, and he kicks him in the head multiple times. So in addition to assault by a public officer, officials say that the sergeant also 
is charged with assault, likely to cause great bodily injury and an enhancement for inflicting great bodily injury. Ouch. The district attorney says that it was a result of the Mercer County Sheriff's own internal checks and balances that brought the case forward. So the sheriff's office is the one that uncovered this, reported it, took action against the officers. So the system, my point is the system works. The system works. We weed out bad cops and it works. So that said, any commentary on this video or, or, the, or the story? For that matter, guys, uh, go ahead. You both are waiting that want the way in. Good, Randy. Okay, so there, there's there's a couple of things I want to talk about here. Um, yes, this guy, you know, cops can lose their tempers, and unfortunately, when when they lose control, this is what happens. Now, um, I also was proud of the one officer who who stepped in. And said, "We got this. We got this." He did exactly what he should have done when he saw when he saw what was going on with the assault. Um, I also think that there should be some uh, investigation as to the conduct of the of the sergeant as it relates to um, uh, his his uh, mental fitness. Um, sometimes that there can be some serious post-traumatic stress issues that cause things like this, and that needs to be that needs to be uh, um, looked at as well. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, well, he's no longer there, so I guess. Um, uh, but you know, mental health is is so is so important, as Randy knows. I mean, that's your world. But guys, time for our next commercial break. Gunlearn.com will be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, though, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Catherine Brett Bartlett. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training or you can register to attend a live seminar. You can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com that's gunlearn.com all right guys welcome back to the leo roundtable law enforcement talk show still live from the boss talk radio network studios in plant city florida thanks for the uh, private chat david i just saw that um guys is there uh is there anything left on the uh, on the last topic before we uh, before we move on to the next story and if not all right so let's see what we've got uh we've got next this will be our nine minute run here before the end of the show so I've got an article from LeoAffairs.com. LAPD officer accidentally fires around through the station wall. What's going on with LAPD? You know, I remember the last one we covered, you know, I recommended they put what officer Tony McBride in charge, you know, but she's got this little beef going with the, uh, with the chief right now, but chief, she can obviously get it done a lot better than what you've got going on over there. So the Los Angeles police department officer, uh, that we're talking about accidentally fires his weapon inside a police station. This happened on Saturday. So the on duty LAPD officer is conducting an inspection of his duty weapon inside the Hollenbeck station. And the accidental discharge occurs at that time, according to CBS. Now, the officer has not been identified. He's assigned to the department's Community Safety Partnership Bureau. How do you like that? Uh, so here's a quote saying, one round was discharged into the east wall of the office. 
This is according to the LAPD statement. So it, it was discharged into the east wall of the office, but the round travels through the office wall and impacts into the east wall of the second floor hallway. <laughs> wow. No one was injured, though, during the incident. The department's force investigation division is investigating the unintentional discharge. Wow. I'm glad nobody was shot or injured in this one. It would be a different different uh, conversation on this story. David. That's called a dishonorable discharge. Um, wow. The, <laughs> wow. The, uh, you know, you. there are times when your uh, department-issued weapon, your duty weapon, is needs to be inspected by your supervisors, and there are very um, stringent uh, ways that, that you do that. And we've seen these types of things where uh, a, a gun goes off, and the only way for that to happen is if the trigger gets pulled. That's been proven over and over again. Just ask Alec Baldwin. Um, so beyond that, I, I hope that they, you know, figure out, you know, why, what exactly happened? Why was this uh, firearm out? Why was it being inspected by someone? What what that was all about? Uh, because as, as I've said before, there's two ways of doing police work. There's the um, all's well that ends well, kind of, well, okay, nobody got hurt, so no big deal, versus the best practices theory of, of doing police work. And this type of thing, only by the, by the grace of God, did somebody not catch around in a, in a, in a department, an, an agency, a district, where I'm sure there were plenty of people, plenty of other in that building. So hopefully they take it seriously that, and they, uh, look at their procedures as far as inspection of weapons and and do the right thing. The guy doesn't need to be necessarily harshly disciplined or fired or some other sort of thing, but just take some steps to say, you know, let's let's not let's this this not happen again if that's possible. And God knows we've been talking about it long enough. You know, um, well, what you know, what a story. You know, Chief Michael Moore. You know, I, I tell you, Randy, I so hope that. I mean, I know that he's got this thing going with Tony McBride, who's you know gun shooter extraordinaire right and uh and she may not even want she heck she may want even want to leave the agency and not have anything more to do after everything they put her through but you know take someone like that put them in charge of training and uh, and, and and get it done right but uh but randy your thoughts on this well you know we've we've seen unfortunately uh, just last week um a, a a special agent was killed in in a training accident with a firearm, they were at, actually at the firearms range in uh, Phoenix or in Arizona. IRS. Yeah, and uh, lost his life because of an accidental discharge. This is nothing to be. This is this is serious, serious stuff. And uh, and we've seen, unfortunately, uh, I've known officers who have been shot um, during similar incidents, and it, it's life devastating. Even if the 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 officer survives. It can be, it can, it, it can ruin, ruin lives. And there's, there's just, there's just no, there's, we can't, we can't impress enough about, um, about the, the, the safety aspect of, of when we're involved with firearms. It's, it's, we're literally a breath away from a tragedy. Agreed. All right. Good commentary guys. We got a little less than five minutes. So, uh, moving along, hopefully, uh, uh, Chief Michael Moore's paying attention. So back at rumble.com, again, our favorite vid uh, law enforcement video channel. This is better surveillance video shows Dallas police officer getting in a shootout with carjackers. Now we had originally covered the story when it came out 
but there was uh, no video in reference. So they they did release the video. Um, I don't think there's any sound on this. Um, I'm showing, uh, wow, I've got my little show notes here on what goes down, and, and it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, no sound on this, but Dallas police, they released this intense video of the shooting and carjacking of this plainclothes police officer. So Officer Nathaniel Chapman, he's a member of uh, the Dallas Police Department since 1999. He's in an unmarked car to Dodge, uh, Dodge Challenger. I'm sorry, yeah, Dodge Challenger conducting surveillance. It's just before 1 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. So video from a private business nearby it shows the suspect pulls up behind Officer Chapman's car and blocks it in. And then you got three suspects that get out and they run towards his car. So um, at least two of the three suspects, they had guns at the time. The officer complied with the carjackers to give himself uh, to give himself space and then pulls a service weapon. So so he's out of the car when he pulls a service weapon. So in the video, you can see the muzzle flash from the guns as the uh, as Chapman is backing away from his car before returning fire. And then uh, Dallas police said the suspects fired at least nine shots at Chapman at close range. Chapman returns fire. None of the suspects end up getting hit. The officer's actually hit in the leg. Just a wild shootout. The carjacking suspects get into his car and drive off, and the vehicle's found abandoned a short distance away. So the police announced that three suspects from the from Louisiana were ended up being arrested in connection with the shootout. You know, 19-year-old, a 17-year-old, an 18-year-old gives their, you know, their information. Investigators said they recovered three firearms, two pistols, and a rifle that were actually used in the shooting. Wow. This officer's lucky to be alive. Uh, commentary on uh, on the uh, video that went down, David. Jeez, he, yeah, he was there doing surveillance for uh, about carjackings. I'm sure that's that's what he was there for. <laughs> oh. Um, oh. You know, it was interesting. You, I, I'm I'm kind of curious of what what he was what the surveillance was. Um, he's there alone. He obviously had no, as far as we know, had no backup or nobody else was there on the on the surveillance with him. So that's that's a little interesting. Not completely out of out of the realm of possibility, but a little interesting. Um, but, but yeah, he, he sees what's, what's happening to him. He eases out of the car, acts like he's complying, um, gets to a position where he believes he's got a little bit more of an advantage draws and, and engages in the gunfight. Um, he's edging over toward a telephone pole for cover when I think he realizes, Oh crap, I bit off a lot here. Um, when, when the two bad guys, engage him back. I mean, they start shooting back at him. I think the third one also had a, a weapon too. I'm not sure if the third bad guy shot as well, but, um, and at that point he really started to backpedal and try to get away just to get away from them. Because, um, we talk about a lot of times when a bad guy is faced with, uh, firepower, you know, you see a lot of these, you know, shooters, these, um, uh, active shooters and stuff that once they're, once they're engaged, they just roll over and give up. They, they can't take the that kind of um, fire coming back at them. These bad, these bad kids, and they were young men. Did not they? They engaged in the fight, and uh, so the, the cop saw that and wisely, I think, um, exited the the location as quickly as he could. Got away from them and, let, and gave up the car, gave up everything, and let it go. Um, so a, a horrific situation. But I mean, he started to get into the fight, and then I think I, like I said, I he realized, oh crap, I'm 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 severely outnumbered here. This is not a good idea, and got away from it. Um, it was a car, just a car, as they say. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah, he. he uh, I mean, I know he got shot, but I almost said he dodged a bullet, but he actually didn't dodge the bullet. But uh, yeah. but at least he's alive to, to tell the story, you know, and. Uh, and uh, maybe maybe decent, uh, you know, training video from some aspect. I mean, there are surveillances you do without backup, 
but uh but you know um i'm kind of curious i know they initially tried to get into the car um he decided not to fire he could have he could have fired from inside the car but then he had bad guys around the back side of the car he wouldn't have been able to protect himself so probably wise move not to do that so yeah a lot of things that go into that um well guys uh we're coming up at the end of the show time so david do you want to throw in a last thought in or no, like I said he was. He, I think he did as well as he could under the circumstances. I, I, I honestly do. All right. Well, look. Uh, thanks. Look, um, Randy. I think it's time to talk about the wounded blue again. Just leave me fifteen or twenty seconds at the end to go through the sponsor list. But the floor is yours, Randy Sutton. Okay. The wounded blue is the national assistance and support organization for injured and disabled officers, whether those injuries are physical or emotional and psychological. If you are a law enforcement officer and you're struggling please contact us at thewoundedblue.org. Um, we exist for you. Uh, my entire team is made up of cops who have been severely injured in the line of duty and want to continue to serve and do so very, very admirably. So go to thewoundedblue.org, and if you can donate, please do. All right, good deal. Thewoundedblue.org, guys. Hey, shout out to Motion DSP, Goals, GlobalOrdinance.com. MyMedicare.live, Gunlearn.com, and hey, Bang Energy, thanks for the fuel. Ray Dietrich at the Tampa Free Press, uh, TampaFP.com, and, uh, and Brian Burns, thanks guys for the support. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe week.